Hi, and welcome to Voices of Esalen. I'm your host, Sam Stern. Today our guest is Julie Sabo, and she's talking about a conference called Web of Change. Julie and I talked a lot about what it means to be an agent of social change in this day and age, and continued the discussion that was raised in last week's podcast with Aaron Pereira of The Wellbeing Project, which is basically the necessity of nurturing the actual person doing the social change so the social change can be effective. Imagine that. Julie was a real pleasure to talk to. We got into a host of topics, including alienation on the web and in real life, the death of clickbait and a return to long form as it relates to storytelling, racial diversity and social change, racial justice as a possible solution to climate change. I was really inspired by her thoughts and the action that she's curating with the web of change. So with no further ado, here's our conversation with Julie Sabo. I wanted to start off just by asking you, what are the roots of, of Web of Change? How did it first come into being? So Web of Change has had um, kind of a long evolution, not um, Esalen long, but uh, the first conference for Web of Change was 14 years ago. And it has been up until the last um, three years, it has always been at Hollyhock Retreat Center on Cortez Island, which is definitely a sister location to Esalen, and uh, it, it really started out as a small-ish gathering of people who were very, very um, deep into um, technology as it relates to social change. And it started out as almost entirely Canadians. Its roots are in Canada, and um, that's like a special part of uh, it's birthing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the people who came to Web of Change at first 14 years ago were people who, I mean, we have to remember this is like pre-Facebook, pre-Twitter, <laughs> pre-social media. Um, so we were looking a lot at infrastructure, technology infrastructure, um, how to use the web for campaigning. This is like really early days for this. Um, so a lot of kind of really um, w- the most loving possible way to say this, like really geeky, um, deep love of tech. Huh. Um, over the years, what has been, I think, so special about Web of Change is that we've started to um, bring together still people who are very, very deeply knowledgeable about tech, people who build important infrastructure that enables campaigning online. And then we bring in on the ground organizers, people who actually have to use that technology. Um, and uh, you know, people who are extremely knowledgeable about all kinds of um, social justice movements, who are leaders in those movements. And so the conversations that we have at Web of Change um, are about how we can be effective and how we can um, build better campaigns in the future and, and how we can win. Mm. Um, so from a, from a purely sort of like tech perspective into a movement building um, conference, that's really been the, the evolution of Web of Change. 
What, what are some of the um, social justice campaigns that are featured this year in, in Web of Change? It sounds really super fascinating. Yeah. So um, one of the things that's special about Web of Change, I think, is that we're bringing together change makers from all kinds of um, different areas who don't normally talk to each other. You know, like for a long time, the environmental um, sort of section of activists, you know, wasn't really very interested in racial justice um, or in immigration. Right. And you know, it's when when you're when you're deeply invested in one of those communities and and your knowledge runs deep it's hard to kind of figure out how to interface with people who you know are deeply invested in their own mm -hmm. um, campaigning and and their own issue area and I think what is unique about web of change is that we bring these people together and they can share what works for them um, and we can actually start talking about how we can build connections and how we can intersect. So to answer your question, we have, we have some amazing people here this year. We have um, attendees who are, are active um, and have been active in Ferguson over this last year, mm -hmm. um, building important campaigns and communities there. Uh, we have um, someone attending from United Nations Climate Change Secretariat. Um, and of course, we're leading up to the big climate change talks in Paris. Um, we have people who are um, technology specialists who are trying to support you know, these, mm. these various different uh, groups and trying to figure out ways that um, you know, work that some of the immigration um, rights people can, can be you know, moved over and shared with some of these other um, environmental and social justice groups. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a kind of a smattering of okay. who's here. How many groups uh, are here? Oh man, you know, most, most of the people uh, come independent of their colleagues. So we have 135 people attending and we probably have a hundred different um, organizations represented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So how, how about um, as an organization, how do you encourage transformation, you know, in your, in your members and, and in your communities? So we spend almost equal amounts of time on personal development and professional development. A lot of the people who attend Web of Change work for organizations that are demanding, that are often understaffed. Uh, they come to Web of Change tired and burnt out. And one of the things that you know, we realize is that if we're going to do this hard work, we need to nourish ourselves in a way that allows us to do the work. And being burnt out, um, not knowing how to um, find, find the kind of compelling ways to help yourself back into health when you're doing this exhausting work, um, it isn't helpful to anybody. Mm 
right? You're, yeah. You can't be a change agent if you are burnt out and exhausted. So um, half of Web of Change is really looking at you know, what it means to be um, a change agent, what kind, of, um, what kind of stress and demands that puts on one's life and how to look after yourself in that way. Mm -hmm. And then the other portion is a lot about how can we do this better? What are strategies? What are tactics? Let's have a you know, discussion around um, how we raise funds for our, our organizations, for our issues areas. So it's kind of the um, perfect combination of personal transformation and you know, professional, getting a lot of professional juice, you know, to be yeah. able to go back to their organizations and say, hey, let's try this. We haven't done that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I had that thought myself. It's just, um, it's a technology conference in, in many ways, and it's set at a place which is almost profoundly anti-technology. Not anti, but it, Esalen, I would say, is um, slow and kind of off the grid. And I'm wondering, you know, how that how that tension works, whether it's um, disturbing or whether it's, it's refreshing for your participants? It's both. It's both. Um, I, think, I think it's important because everyone, is, everyone here is so literate. So literate on social media, is like super active um, online. They have a lot of responsibilities that are that can only be done through email, through Skyping, through all of those things. And so to unplug is it's challenging and it's scary. Mm -hmm. And there are also, you know, people who have families and thinking, how am I gonna talk to my kids for five days? <laughs> um, but it allows us to have the space to have the conversations we we need to have. And that's kind of part of the DNA of Web of Change. Uh, Hollyhock is very, very similar to mm -hmm. SLN. Uh, I remember the first year we got Wi-Fi and we were like, wow, do, do we even want this? Like, what's that going to be like? Um, of course, it turns out you do. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some people have a hard time. And, you know, I can see them absolutely, like, panicked trying to get their email out before the Wi-Fi turns off at dinner time, you know, just like, ah, am I going to make it? Um, but I think we warn everybody ahead of time. They know that that's what they're getting into. And I feel like by day three, they're in the groove. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How across the years with, with technology developing so rapidly, and Web of Change has been in existence for... 14. 14 years. Yeah. How has that changed um, social change uh, organizations in general? Well, you know, I would say for the last mm, three years, probably, there's been a really interesting conversation about how online fits in with activism. And I think the jury is out. Um, a lot of the work we do in our community is online and it's engagement, it is fundraising, um, it's trying to build larger communities than we could access where we live. But there's also a, a very real acknowledgement that 
when you are trying to gain support for a movement, you need to have relationships with people. Uh And so even though a lot of the conversations are specific to new technologies, we just did a a session yesterday called Speed Geek, where um, folks demo different technologies um, and so the group kind of like moves around and sees all these all this different tech. I mean, that's that's very um, you know tactical. Um, a lot of the discussion is around how do you marry uh, old school on the ground, uh-huh. um, event based like door to door work with the internet, and how do you marry those things in a way um, that really builds movements more quickly and more efficiently and um, in a more engaged way. And we don't know, but that's what we're trying to learn. Yeah. <laughs> How about what's some of the new tech or the new tools that would uh, be surprising or interesting? I think we're, I mean, data is really, really interesting. Um, for a long time, I think people didn't, care enough about the data that they collected when they people sign petitions online, um, when people donate online and, and you know give their information to an organization, what does that mean? For a long time, I think organizations didn't really know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's getting you know increasingly sophisticated with how you how you choose to communicate with your members, how you um, decide how to segment your lists and you know, message to different lists and how you decide to slice and dice your data in a way that builds better relationships with people. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously, if you have um, someone who has given you your organization $5 and someone who has given your organization $100,000, you can't communicate with them in the same way. Um, and the way technology can manage your data and manage your relationships um, can really reinforce the you know, ladder of engagement that progresses appropriately based on the kind of relationship you have with uh, your membership. So, I mean, there's lots of very, I, you know, I could get into the, the data tech of how all that works, um, but I think people are just becoming so much more, organizations are becoming so much more sophisticated uh-huh. around that. Um, which, you know, ideally means less email spam and, you know, better online engagement with people who are, um, want to, want to be supportive of your organization, but probably don't want to be like blasted every week with something that's actually not pertinent to them. So slicing, dicing data. Um, I feel like, you know, social media was a big topic and, you know, lots of conversation about social media engagement. Um, you know, five years ago, there's still a lot of conversation about that, but I feel like that has sort of peaked in a way. Uh Um, And just with the way that social media platforms manage their algorithms and um, how important monetization has become in terms of, you know, for Facebook, in terms of advertising and, and whatnot, um, it's really, things have really changed. Like for instance, today, uh, Adam Mordecai from Upworthy, um, which is a really popular site that helps to curate content for, for social justice, uh, issues. He is doing 
a session called uh, Clickbait is Dead. How, <clears throat> sorry, click, Clickbait is Dead, Bow to Your New Master, Lord Compelling Story. So, I mean, he <laughs> almost single-handedly, along with, you know, folks at BuzzFeed, both Upworthy and BuzzFeed have been um, instrumental in writing headlines that we call clickbait, right? Like five ways to whatever. Uh -huh. um, and I mean, that worked really, really well for Upworthy for a long time. And then it stopped working mm. because humans change, because the way we communicate with each other changes, because we got tired of that. Um, and so today he's going to talk about how, you know, that's what he was doing for a long time. And then it's changing because people aren't responding. So that's been an interesting evolution. I think everyone thought social media was going to be the secret to total engagement. Um, and actually, we've just become so uh, saturated with information that we're going back to like long form. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, an example of, a, of long form that we're going back to? You know, I think better storytelling. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another session going on right now that is um, about how to engage supporters in your um, organization or in your mission um, through better storytelling. And that's just, I mean, that's human, right? And I feel like in some ways the last five years we've you know, maybe gone for the, the quick, easy one, 140 character tweet, which is still totally valid and has its, like, its place. Um, but we're ready for something deeper. We want to, to, we want to be human and we want to connect. Um, and some new ways of storytelling, I think, is, is just moving story onto the web. Um, instead of tumblers, you know, we're, we're looking at longer video, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I myself work in, um, digital strategy and marketing and, you know, I, I remember even a year ago saying, well, like the video can't be more than 30 seconds. No one will watch it. Um, and then, I mean, that's just not true. Like you look at the, the Coney 2012 video and that had, you know, a lot of, um, issues around it, uh, for sure. But I mean, that was, I can't even remember how long that video was, but I feel like it was like 25 minutes. Um, and it was incredibly successful and it had like loads of people watching it and it was very compelling storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, so the way we communicate on the web is changing and it will always change. I don't know what will be next, but I think right now, um, we want better, more compelling content and better storytelling. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Um, well, one thing that we were talking about on our way up here was that this group that you've assembled is easily the most racially diverse, um, culturally diverse group that Esalen has, has been here during the year that I've been here. I'm wondering, is that a tenant of uh, Web of Change or is that sort of just a natural outgrowth of, of social change in general? It's definitely a mission um, for Web of Change and um, that's a, that's a board driven mission that over the last three years in, in particular uh, has been really important to us. And, um, this is the most diverse, um, conference we've ever had, 
um, forty two percent of our conference attendees um, come from diverse communities, and I think last year it was closer to thirty. So it's kind of a steady increase, mm -hmm. um, and you know it's the recognition that we we need to we need to work together. These you know different um, issue areas you know, social justice, um, the environment. We're not going to win if we go alone. And, you know, what do they say? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Um, and so the intersectionality of progressive movements in North America and beyond that's, that's where we need to be. And I think um, having diverse, a diverse community and diverse voices um, from social justice uh, areas that like traditionally haven't been at Web of Change uh, is how we're gonna grow. It's mm -hmm. how we're gonna get better and it's how we're going to make real change. Mm -hmm. Are there any of the uh, newer ones that come off the top of your head which would be of interest to uh, check out? We have attendees from the Black Youth Project 100. We have somebody from the Center for Story-Based Strategy, which kind of ties back in with what I was saying about better storytelling uh -huh. online. Um, we have a really interesting organization um, Oh man, we have so many. I'm actually cheating and looking at my list right now, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. ah, who do I say? Um, we have uh, we have a group called United for Iran, um, and One America, who I think probably um, some some of your li listeners might know. What is One America? Um, it's it's a group that uh, does work. I'm actually doing a a project right now that the um, Seattle. Uh, Washington chapter of One America is involved in, uh, which is a, it's actually an environmental campaign, but the idea, their, their portion of, um, or their participation in it is the idea that if we don't have um, racial justice uh, as part of the solution to climate change, then it's not going to work mm -hmm. because the people who are most affected by climate change are people in um, communities of color and low-income communities and um, communities that often get left behind. Mm -hmm. And so the people who cause the least amount of um, you know, climate change um, harm really suffer the most, right? So this is where the intersectionality of Yes. like all different kinds of of organizations and like racial justice and environment and immigration and it all kind of connects so that's why we have to have all these people here <laughs> otherwise exciting. we're missing all kinds of pieces yeah. um and also we have we have quite a few um really amazing um attendees from also uh organizations Man, I'm just going to list off a few, and people might have to look them up because they're so great. Um, but Get Equal is one, and um, NARAL, of, co of co course, NARAL Pro-Choice America, 
and then we have 350.org which is an environmental so yeah. you can see like it it's all it's way more diverse not only in um having more people for more people from communities of color but also just all kinds of issues areas uh -huh. so um as you can see i'm getting kind of excited about talking about that <laughs> aspect of it um it's really different because like 10 years ago it was almost all enviros for sure okay yeah so there's been a real change and there's been a real belief from the core of the organization that we no matter what the issue area we got to work together because the progressive um movement it's we yeah we we're just we're not going to win if we um, aren't supporting one another I was thinking I could ask just to play devil's advocate. What are the limitations of using technology as um, to affect social change? Does that any of that come up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a huge, huge aspect of it. I mean, are you really building relationships and engagement when you're posting to Facebook? I mean, are you? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. What is, What does that mean? I mean, that's that's. They're talking about that right now down the hill. Uh, for sure, they are. Um, so where does the role, uh, where, where is the humanity in the technologies we use? Technology is just a platform. Social media is just like the phone. Um, how, how well can we build relationships using these platforms? Mm -hmm. Because we know that relationships are the, the key to movement building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, about social media as being a paradox because it's, it's everything that you want, but it's only the virtual representation. Yes. Uh, in, yeah. In there. Yeah. And I imagine some of the, what, what you guys are doing is about how to uh, decrease alienation, but mm -hmm. sometimes there's nothing more alienating than being online. Totally. And, and yeah, I think a, a actually really beautiful example of how technology enables relationships is from last year's Web of Change. Um, we were at Hollyhock last year and we had 120 people and it was just one of those really magical conferences and um, the group bonded just incredibly strongly. And so, you know, the day after one of the, one of the attendees started the Facebook group for Web of Change 2014 um, and because we had this very, very strong bond built over these five days and relationships from the past as well, because lots of alumni come back, um, this Facebook group was incredible. I've never in my life been involved in a Facebook group like this. Um, people were sharing on such deep levels and reconnecting back, sharing out their work, um, remembering struggles that other attendees were having and checking back. Um, it was, and actually that, that group is still pretty active, um, but it was a real sign to me that relationships first and then using the technology as a way to re-engage and um, enable communication 
I mean, it just worked. It worked really well. And I think so often we go technology first, relationship second. Um, and I've run a lot of campaigns and <laughs> that doesn't always work. In uh, fact, it often doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, uh, how do you see Web of Change or what do you want for Web of Change's future? I want, and I think the, the board wants um, Web of Change to continue its evolution. Mm. We, it, it's a place where progressives can come to have hard conversations. Um, it's a place where people who do hard work that doesn't always get rewarded um, either you know with money or with prestige uh, come to get nurtured mm. and you know that's those are important things and I think we want to you know continue to be able to serve our community in that way um, we have so much demand for this conference we had of more than 400 applications this year and that that tells us that there's room for growth mm. uh, so what that looks like we're kind of starting to build out we actually did last year our very first um, what we're calling a local event so web of change local we did that in LA and uh, what that is is just a smaller version of web of change it in that case it was an overnight um so again we went outside of la uh to a place by big bear lake and disconnected mm -hmm. um or you know it could also look like you know a day long of you know intensive sessions so you know finding a way to allow our community that is growing really really quickly because every year we're adding so many new people to the Web of Change alumni group, mm -hmm. um, you know, we want to be able to have meaningful relationships with all of those people. And when you have a flagship conference one time a year that has 130 spots, it's challenging. It's really, really challenging. Yeah. So building that out um, may be the next step. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, how can listeners uh, who want to know more about Web of Change find out more? Um, they can check out our website at webofchange.com and uh, join sign up, subscribe to our newsletter. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to information about the conference, we also profile people who come to the conference and our alumni. Um, we have a really great job board of nonprofit jobs. So if people are interested in nonprofit jobs, um, particularly those associated with um, communications or uh, digital, we have you know a lot of great stuff there. Um, and we ourselves are, you know, there was talk of doing some sort of podcast, so maybe that might be in the works. So come to our website and see and see about that. That's exciting. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for taking the time out to talk with us at SLM. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Voices of Esalen. 
Today's show is produced in conjunction with Cheryl Franzel, Geraldine Hess, Shannon Hudson. Special thanks goes out to Lori Putnam, our Director of Marketing, who sat in on the interview and assisted with questions. Our music today is by Valella Valella, and the track is called 3 to the 6 to the O. If you want to support Voices of Esalen, just listen to it. Keep listening. That's your job. We so appreciate your presence. I'm your host, Sam Stern, wishing you a peaceful day.